Hello and welcome back. Episode 80 of the Mandarin Blueprint podcast today. Uh, I'm going to jump into a grammar point as usual, but and I'm not going to talk about the coronavirus. I'm sure you guys are sick of hearing about it. Uh, and it's just a shame that it's got so crazy elsewhere uh, and it's just starting to calm down and go back to normal in China. Um, but all I'd like to say is just take care of yourselves and each other and uh, try and act smart and watch less TV. I think that's also an, a big issue of what's going on at the moment. But uh, that's all I want to say about that for now. So Chinese grammar will ease everyone's pain. <laughs> so today I want to talk about uh, an incredibly common and useful structure, the shi, shima, shima, de. When we say shima, shima, that just means like, you know, the three dots, basically. The shi, de, uh, construction in Chinese. What this construction does, the simplest way to describe it, um, even though there's a few different ways you can use it, which I'm going to talk about today in great detail, uh, the, the, the thing you want to remember about this the structure is it's all about emphasizing details. So all it is, the speaker wants to draw some attention from the listener on a particular point within the sentence. And they put these details in this particular point between shi and the somewhere. Okay. So it's, it's often referred to as a past tense uh, marker and it, it is in some ways, but it's, it's best not to think about that. Just like, uh, or at least, sorry, it's best not to think about it in that particular way. Just like with L, and if, you, if you're on our course, the Mandarin Blueprint Method, or you've taken our Pronunciation Mastery course, you'll know that L, it doesn't necessarily indicate past tense. What the real function of L is, is to indicate a change or a completion of an action at some point, which just happens to usually fall into the past, right? Because usually that means you've completed something but it's not specifically a past marker, if you get my So sh and de is a similar thing. So it's more, it's better, rather than think of sh and de as about the past, think of it as emphasizing details because it's used in all tenses. So let's jump into it. So we actually have three different grammar tags. Again, if you're, if you're not on our course, so you, it's the first time listening to our podcast, what we like to do is uh, discuss Chinese grammar in the most logical way possible and the most entertaining way possible, which is tough <laughs> with grammar sometimes. But we try to avoid um, uh, grammar words in English, like uh, adverb and things like that, if possible, um, or at least in certain situations. And we try to just call it what it is to make it clearer. So we provide many flashcards with our course and you'll learn how to read and understand Chinese in record time. And we give you thousands of example sentences so you can acquire the words and characters that you learn in context. And each one of these sentences, we tag them based on what grammar they refer to and what grammar points are within that sentence. So you can easily, if you want to study a particular aspect of Chinese grammar, you can just click on the tag in your flashcard system and it'll come up with all the sentences that have that particular grammatical function in them. And, you know, some people might want to do that. We thought that was really cool. And it's also a great way for us to organize everything to know that we've spoken and done videos about all the relevant grammar points that there are. So the shi de grammar structure refers to, uh, we actually divide that into three different tags and i'm going to talk about these three different tags one by one give you some example sentences and hopefully that should just clear up everything to do with sh and the and you can get on with your exposure and input and reading and listening which is where the real magic happens of course which is where the real language acquisition takes place so the first tag i want to talk about is well let's do the three tags first so the three tags are gs that just means grammar structure special uh, so special grammar structures are grammar structures that don't fall into any particular category um, that we can and 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 we but we still want to talk to them individually talk about them rather so just gs special you can just ignore that section of it if you want um, and then we've got shi, description de. so remember whatever is between the sh and the de is the details that we want to talk about or make the listener focus on uh, and then we've got the second tag is shi, PPT. PPT means 
person, place, or thing, object. Um, and the, and then we've got the third one, which is GS special, shu, does what guess. So this does what guess, does what, does what is a verb. That's what the more fun sort of phrase that we come up with for a verb. And guest, guest is the Chinese transliteration of the subject. Um, so what is what the sentence is happening to? Uh, okay, so again, let's. It's always easier rather than look at these explanations and grammar equations just to check out the sentences. All right, so let's do that. So the first one, GS special shirt description. So the speaker will often emphasize a description. So for example, check out this sentence. So is the measure word. So this is saying is the white. So this is saying this sheep is a white sheep. Or this sheep is white. So uh, let's check out another sentence. My mum is the most beautiful. You could just say, 我的妈妈最美, but this is sort of emphasizing the detail a little bit more. 我的妈妈是最美的. Okay, it's like saying, of all the mothers, my mum is the most beautiful, just making a bigger deal out of it, if you like. All right, let's do one more sentence regarding this uh, 是 description the structure. Uh, this one says, so within 10 people or 10 people or fewer, so is free, free of charge. So it's obviously the speaker wants to emphasize the fact that it's free. So it's obviously some sort of sales tactic for some reason, isn't it? So you get the point, guys. That one is the first type of tag that we have. Let's look at the second one where it's GS special PPT, people, place or thing. All right, so let's see how we can use this. The first sentence is this. So the spoon on the table is yours. Is the spoon on the table yours? So obviously the point is yours. Right, that's, the, that's the crux of the matter, isn't it? That's what you're trying to figure out. So you put that between shi and de. The second sentence here would be, I love you. My heart is yours and yours alone. So let's have a look. What's between sh and the here? Sh ni So ni you one person, as in just you and yours only, uh, which I really like. So it's just being a bit more romantic there, emphasizing the detail of my heart is yours and yours alone, no one else's. Very nice. I might steal that one. The third example sentence here from level 22 of the Mandarin Blueprint Method. These sentences are all from our course, by the way, just to point that out. So if you're on the course, you've got these to look forward to, you'll be able to review these personally. Um, this one says, almost all Chinese people's names are three characters long. So obviously here we want to emphasize three characters long. So you would say, 中国人的名字差不多, roughly, 都是三个字的. So we've got 三个字, so that is the important part there. So um, that is with people, places, and things. Still very straightforward. Uh, and then we've got the final type of the guest, uh, sorry, the tag within our system here, uh, which would be does what guest the. Now I guess you could say this is the most complex one, but it's still pretty easy, right? So does what guest, remember, does what is verb, and guest is the subject. That's how the Chinese say it. They say bing yu, bing yu, which means guest, um, in, literally. So this type of structure contains essentially a mini sentence between shi and de, because as you may remember, or as you may know, uh, the smallest and shortest sentence that you can make just consists of a verb and a noun or uh, something to go after the verb, a, a subject, which is usually a noun, right? Uh, and that's it. You can, that's all you need to make a sentence in English or Chinese. All right, so let's see some examples of these. So the first one here, which of the apples on the table are the ones you bought? The ones you bought. So that's the key part. Let's see how they do it. 桌子上哪个苹果是你买的? So 是 
Nimai, you bought the. Okay, so Nimai can actually be a whole sentence. Wamai, Wolai, Nimai. You know, it's actually technically a full sentence. All right, so let's look at this next sentence here. This one's actually the longest amount of characters between sh and the so far. So try and keep up with this one. It's got a lot, it's, uh, it's got a lot between the two characters. So let's do it slowly. 我和我的女朋友就是在某一个公园认识的。就是在某一个公园认识的。So在某个公园认识 is met or first met each other in a certain park. So that is between the sh and the de. Uh, now, one last example, example sentence to finish off this last sh de idea uh, is this one. 你是几岁成为司机的? How old were you when you became a driver? So 成为司机 is... Uh, oh, wow, so actually, no, we've got... 几岁成为司机? So that's all of that is in between the 是 and the 的. So you want to know a specific idea. You want to know how old when you became a driver. How old were you when you became a driver? You want to know all that bit of information. It's all pertinent. 你是几岁成为司机的? So that's that. So obviously this final tag is a bit more complex because uh, there's just so much more you can do with it. Um, but basically... Uh, you can click on the tag, the GS, SH, does what, guest, de. You can click on that tag or any of the other two tags that we've spoken about today. And you can go and read some example sentences and just review them a bit further in your uh, flashcards right now if you want. But that's how SH and de works, guys. I hope that, uh, you know, it's a very simple, but it's a very powerful structure. Uh, and it's a good way of determining the details or emphasizing details within a situation, whether it's a depending on whether it's a question or a statement, right? So I hope that was helpful. Let's move on. All right, so we're going to jump into the messages and emails we've had today, just the general ones first, and then we'll talk about some of the awesome movies that you guys have sent us this week. So uh, for those that don't know, movies, uh, we're talking about uh, scenes or scripts ways people think people um, have created stories or scenes in their mind using the components uh, and various people and places from their lives to create memories and mnemonic images of characters that they want to learn that's what we teach on the course that's one aspect of it and it's really fun to go through them and people like I think people like having their stories heard and also uh, listening to Phil and I sort of critique of the stories uh, can help other users get better and obviously the people that wrote them as well. So first we have a message from uh, Rebecca Weevil uh, by in, in our community forum. She asks, oh, I have an occasion come across words like xin or Ruban, which means uh, confidence and uh, Japan respectively. That I look at and I know the characters for, but I haven't been taught the word yet. I assume that I don't have a high enough frequency, they don't have a high enough frequency to make it into the course at that point when those characters are first introduced. But when do we learn these? Do we discover them ourselves and avail ourselves of Pleco to find their meaning or do they pop up in the future in the course? So if we haven't included certain words, it means that they haven't made it through our extensive um, testing and screening for uh, certain frequency levels. Uh, because, you know, some of these to these choices were tough, you know, like Ruben seems to me like, oh, definitely you should have that one. And uh, there have been some requests from people that have led us to add new words to the course because it isn't that strenuous to do so. Um, not certainly not anywhere near as strenuous adding new characters, but still um, we had to draw the line somewhere. Uh, and I think it's, it's for the most part, it's definitely... Uh, um, sort of well selected in terms of the, the words that we've included but it was kind of that it was annoying because it was like oh but we want to include that one oh and that one and that one you know it, you, we had to just say no we've, we've got too many words and we need to get this expansion out so we had to draw a line and say next expansion so words like uh, you know any word that is remotely common will eventually be in the course uh, so I would say the next expansion the next expansion we're just planning on on 
I mean, we'll never get obviously all the words in the language, but we just want to cover at least 3,000 characters and probably what will be double the amount of words, probably like 8,000 words, maybe, maybe more, maybe 10,000, who knows? Um, along with, you know, all the content example or context that goes with that. Um, but so that's the sort of answering the first question. Um, why haven't these been the course or will they pop up? No, they won't pop up yet until we do the expansion, unfortunately. But what you can do is this. We, uh, you know, the characters and that is the important part. And you also know how uh, sentences work. And uh, you, Rebecca, will by now be building up enough of a foundation where you can start searching for example sentences on your own start doing what we call sentence mining uh, and there are a few resources you can use for that i like uh, bing.cn slash dict search for the word uh, and try and find a sentence that is fairly simple that, that you, contains not too many new words and then create a flashcard out of it and if you can't seem to find a sentence that you know most of the words for, maybe you're not quite ready to do that yet. Maybe you need to go through the rest of the course, learn some more words, uh, 4,000 words in the current iteration of the course, and then go back and start learning them. Um, but uh, you can at least make individual word cards for them um, with images and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah. That would be my, I would say continue with the course, but in your spare time, maybe if you want to, if you, maybe you have, uh, for anyone else out there, you're doing uh, HSK or uh, HSK five or six or something that we don't quite cover hundred percent of yet. Maybe you want to go and do a little, uh, do your own homework and go and search for these, make your own flashcards for these words and uh, mine sentences for them. Um, Another cool thing actually as well, I know I always plug Chinese pod, but they, they do do a great job in a lot of areas, really great job. And one of the things that they, I, I really like, and I've always liked about the Chinese pod website is that they have a, a glossary, which uh, I don't know the exact website address, but you can find it, you know, Google it, Chinese pod glossary. And you can search for a word like Ruben, for example, and they not only come up with sentences for you, a lot of sentences, um, but the sentences are usually quite funny because that's what they specialize in. They specialize in like long form content, like podcasts and stuff. And uh, they come with uh, audio and you can just download them as well. If you want just the sentences and copy and paste and make a flashcard. Or, you know, if you're actually a member of Chinese pod, they're all sentences from the individual lessons. So you can go and click and learn, look at the full podcast. This is a really cool idea. Um, but anyway, that's just another thing. There's lots of resources out there for that. Um, Dan Kutch by Community, another forum post. He says, hello all, my name is Dan. After reading many introductions, I find that I am lacking as to why Chinese is where I want to start in my language acquisition. As a kid going to a school, I never thought learning a new language was important. In high school, we had to take a language, so I picked Spanish since the cute girls took Spanish. Fair enough. Uh, to be honest, I hated it. My brain could not justify the bandwidth uh, to learn a language I thought I would never need. You see, many of my friends came from Mexico, but their parents made them learn English since that was the language of their new country. So I never thought it'd be useful. I live in Southern California, so I guess I missed that prediction by a long shot. Yeah. After high school, I went into the military, ultimately making it my career. I traveled all over the world, jumped out of perfectly good planes, and still didn't need the second language. Uh, most of the areas we had bases in spoke English to do business with the Americans in the area. I still believe that I wasn't a need to learn because of my job didn't require it. Chalk up another bad prediction. If you see a pattern here, you can tell I'm not the person to wager money on my picks for FIFA Cups or Super Bowls, LOL. Uh, now, not all my predictions and decisions came out wrong. My wife uh, was me really marrying way above myself. Oh, I see, like punching above your weight. And she came, uh, she along with my two daughters can read, write, and speak Spanish. My two sons went the way of their old man, but are doing well. After the military, I became a special needs teacher. I tried to do things that I am excited about, but can also motivate. Yeah, that, but can also motivate them to do better themselves. Teaching chess, magic, amateur radio has been a fun part of teaching. So I was looking through Facebook, and I see this guy Luke sitting on a bench speaking fluent Chinese. I was excited as I've always liked Asian culture after being stationed in Okinawa, Korea, and Japan. So here I am learning Chinese. A video in unit one talked about attitude. 
As a grumpy old soldier, I don't always have the best attitude, so I need to find ways of keep, to keep up my learning while maintaining a positive attitude to be successful. I'm not always sure how to do that on a daily basis. My father, who had many health issues after he retired in the late 80s, kept himself learning lapidary work, wood car carving, gardening, etc. He was always busy. After he had his big stroke, the doctor said he would be surprised if my dad lived to 1998. Well, he, he made it to May of 2019. He outlived my mother, who had no health issues by two years. I know if my father had seen Luke and Phil on the videos I watched, he would really like them and want to try and learn Chinese. To those who read my story, thank you and apologies for causing you to yawn so much. No, to yawn too much. No, no, I think that's a great story. And um, well, that's it really. I mean, I think this is just a great story. It speaks for itself. And uh, well done for what looks like you're getting out of your comfort zone a little bit and trying something new. Um, and we've had some great messages from you already on the forum. Um, and the you know Facebook and all that stuff. So yeah, welcome Dan. Uh, I'm sure you'll do great here. Uh, another one from uh, we've got an email from William who just randomly uh, emailed us a really nice uh, message. He said, "Hey Luke and Phil, I'm sure you get this get told this a lot, but I really wanted to express my gratitude that this course exists." It's because of you guys that I haven't given up on learning Chinese and because I didn't give up on my language journey, I feel like I've truly found my life's calling and countless others as well as myself can now communicate with a vastly rich culture. And best of all, the journey isn't long or boring like it was before. And I just wanted to thank you guys and all the effort, Lord knows it's a lot, and the time and care you put into this course and every single student. I love the, 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 the full stops there for emphasis. Um, it's truly remarkable and you should feel so proud of yourselves. Keep doing what you're doing, William. Well, thanks for that, man. That's, that's awesome. Um, and uh, we don't get told that that much. Not enough. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. We, yeah, it's like we, we, that's, well, what can I say? It's just amazing. Thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, and, and it's messages like this. We said this a lot, but it's messages like this, not just um, or whatever. I'm, I'm talking about messages that are like, you've helped me. That's what keeps us going. Um, uh, it's certainly not money or anything else. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, that, that's fantastic. Uh, thank you so much. Um, Moira says, um, I love this comment. I realized this too. When I was creating a scene for sure, my birthday, uh, that was actually a really bad day in real life. And it was a lovely, it was lovely in the movie scene for it to start off stressful. But then the 10 year old me got to eat birthday cake. Oh, sure. is number 10. So that's the scene she used to memorize that character to eat birthday cake with my adult son, which was lovely. It feels almost like therapy writing some of these scenes, bringing different parts of my life together and seeing what arises. Yeah. That was like, for us, that was a completely unexpected benefit of it um but yes it's it we call it sort of a, a a waltz an autobiographical waltz through your life that's what the hands and moving method can be now well, it can be like for me and phil i think mostly we just did stupid stuff when we uh which is fine you know like you know explosions and um gross stuff and and violence and all that sort of stuff that you can certainly do but more and more people now now that we've sort of grown and understood and, and through hundreds of hours of testing and thousands of hours now of people using the course that it's, um, we figured out that emotions are more important um, and emotional content, uh, as Bruce Lee used to say, is, is more important than, you know, crazy explosions and all this other stuff. Uh, and because of that, us recommending that you use that sort of level of thinking in the course, I think that people are more and more uh, using real like memories from their life and uh and it's uh, it's clearly working it's fantastic um pablo he's just finished this is uh, on a sort of final uh video for the foundation course this is after you've finished a thousand words and learned around 600 characters and a thousand words or at least on your way to acquiring those she says thanks guys for this nice little journey 
To get through there in four months and a half like William implied quite some, I had to apply quite some energy while doing a full-time job on the side. An ideal world, in an ideal world, I would have liked to dedicate 100% to the course. It was an amazing experience to know more and more every day. Brilliant. I feel like my speaking listening part is not the same level of my reading and writing. So I think I will take a little pause now before starting the next levels. I would like to get a more solid foundation on the speaking part. So I'll dedicate some energy to the conversation connectors some videos on the side and maybe start with an online tutor to help move all this passive input into active input, uh, active output, I guess. Um, yeah, passive understanding to active. Yeah, absolutely. Um, time to celebrate tonight this little victory and congratulations to those who made it through to this point. Thanks, uh, Pablo. Well done. Uh, I've been, we've been following you since you joined because you, you comment quite often. So I've seen you sort of commenting throughout the course as you, and, and uh, now you're into the intermediate stage, which is another few thousand words and another thousand or so characters. So uh, I'm sure I, I, I'm, I'm happy to, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say after you finish that. Um, this is brilliant as well. Yeah, and four and a half months is still incredible. That's, you smash through that in four and a half months. It's not bad for 80% of Chinese, is it? Um, and yeah, and as, as for your speaking part, yeah, that's, that's one of the biggest challenges. And that's what I want to, um, I, would, I think we do quite a good job of sort of telling you, or advising you on how to organize your study routine, but it's still, it's down to personal choice and it's down to your personal situation. And I think we could still do with, some more guidance on that because I, I like to see Phil and I as coaches because um, I don't think we're the best teachers in the world, you know, um, but I think that what we do offer is a unique perspective and, and a, you know, a method that works, but also we've done it right. We've done it in our own ways and uh, we want, I'd like to offer more sort of coaching sort of stuff like how to actually structure your day because I can see how, because there's still like the, that you have to practice speaking and that's not something we offer, you know? So, how even if you've smashed your way through the foundation course doesn't mean you're now an expert on you know you, so it's still like hard for you to figure out maybe how much should i spend on speaking how much on writing and all this sort of stuff and uh how you know how, should i just pause and take and stop using the mandarin movement method for a month and just focus on speaking uh, i would personally not i would keep the rhythm up i would keep like doing and, and you may have already chosen to do this anyway. It seems like you sort of hinted at that, but keep doing a little bit of videos, like, you know, few Anki flashcards, don't stop making progress, but maybe slow it down and take on slowly, take on one or two sessions of speaking a week and see how that goes. Just like with your Anki cards or your flashcards, you don't want to increase by too much and then, oh no, it's too much. And then it overwhelms you and vice versa. Um, you don't want too little either. So increase it, increase it, increase it see how it goes test that's all you can do really um but that's great i'm i'm, I'm very proud of you pablo and i'm sure you're gonna uh make it through the uh intermediate uh in you know you're gonna do really well making it through the intermediate too um this is just a random prop thrown in by william uh props are the 3d objects we recommend that you uh sort of assign to character components and it's a prop for yo Yo means right, as in left, right, right? Um, and it's, you know, it's abstract. So how do you think of right? And we, we recommend, I believe one of our suggestions is right-hand man. So you choose like uh, a famous sidekick from a, a movie. So maybe Mini-Me from Austin Powers or something like that. But uh, Williams has uh, gone for a very interesting reproach, approach. Since the right side of your brain is well known to be your creative side, a creative person of your choice sounds like a good prop. I'm going with the amazing Bob Ross. Like I said before, like Williams has got like a, a knack for this. He's got a real knack for um, making the abstract concrete in terms of props very well. So Rick uh, on Make a Movie for May, which means every, he asks, isn't this specifically used for time periods every day, uh, every year? Yeah, so you would say May Tian. Mayian, but that's because. But you just say "每个每个人" like "每个人" like every person. But you just add "ge" for stuff in there that isn't already a measure word. So the thing is, 
every day, mei tian, it doesn't need mei ge tian, right? Because tian and nian, year and day, are measure words in themselves. Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, uh, is it a measure word or is it maybe a different word that I'm thinking? I might be getting that wrong, but they don't need a measure word because they already are, right? But uh, yeah, you can use it for everything. It just means every. But can it be used in other ways? Um, yeah, it can be used for every anything. You know, as far as I know, there's no limitations. Um, you could say every building, mei dong lou. Dong is the measure word for building, and lou is a building. Mei dong lou, you know, every, yeah, so I can't think of a limitation on that. Um, I actually was going into this question thinking you meant something else, like can mei, does it have another usage apart from every, um, which it does, um, but you can check out Pleco in the future for those sorts of questions, but I misread the question. I realized that, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I hope that answers that one. Uh, Moira again says, um, level four complete. Going to wait until tomorrow before starting level five. Drat, night shift anyway. I just want to play on here. <laughs> that's great. Uh, that's exactly what it feels like, playing the kind of imaginary adventures you have when you're a R kid. Um, I know that we, I'm, I'm sure Moira knows that you don't say R, you say Haidza, but she learned R, um, which does mean child. Um, but that's, that's great. I'm glad you're having fun with it, Moira. Um, that's exactly what we want. <laughs> People like excited to turn on their flashcards and, and, and uh, watch us, <laughs> which uh, always beggars belief for me. Um, Dom Thompson, our new vocabulary unlocked for shouji. He just says, a hand machine, love it. Yes, like when you start, and uh, there's another comment here soon as well about just, what? <laughs> These Chinese words are so simple and so logical. Shouji means hand machine, which means cell phone. Uh, Deborah Driscoll says, new vocabulary unlocked for zi dong. Oh yeah, this is another comment. This is the other one, yeah, yeah. So uh, she says, ah, so if it's self-moving, Zi is self, dong means move, it's automatic. I love the Chinese logic. So there's two logic, logic um, things there in a, in a row. Yeah, there was a, there was a word that I was uh, thinking of and it was, um, uh, I, was I was, I was reading uh, a, Thai, a Game of Thrones and a Tywin Lannister was talking about um, uh, awe. Um, and uh, we are, we, he says, we are not a house to be feared. It was something to do with how awesome, um, you know, how he's obsessed with the importance of legacy and uh, how he wants the house to be feared. And I looked up what this, uh, and as I was reading it, um, this word, like to venerate, to hold in awe, to revere means jing wei. Jing wei. So, Jing means to respect, and Wei means to fear. So isn't that just the perfect understanding of like the word awe or reverence? Um, so you respect something and fear it at the same time. And I just said, this, this is just awesome. And I see that all the time, you know, because it's just cool how logical words are. And I'm not saying they're logical all the time. We've spoken about that before. Like sometimes the logic is lost or you can't see it, um, but it's just so common, it's, it's great. Tim Timothy Filson on uh, language learning tripod attentiveness. Luke and Phil, I have felt very drawn to both Japanese and Chinese languages and uh, culture most of my life. I had Rosetta Stone for Mandarin. I was starting on maybe a week in when I saw your ad on Facebook. I'm very glad I checked out your course because I feel that it will, I will be to a much higher fluency and proficiency in less time. Plus, having a more detailed understanding of the underlying philosophy, culture, and pronunciation. I'm very excited to continue as I pick up this new language that a fair number of people I know feel is impossible for them. Thanks, Tim. Hey, Tim. Yep, great to have you with us. And thanks for your message. Really appreciate it. And I'm sure you've got, it looks like you've got a great attitude and you've tried. So many people come from Rosetta. It's funny. I get lots of comments about that. So I tried Rosetta Stone and wasn't happy with it. And it came to Mandarin Reprint. So I guess thanks, Rosetta. Um, and uh, yeah, a lot of people do seem, see Chinese as impossible. And I'm hoping that we're going to change that, you know, because it is kind of silly how it's not even that much harder than other languages at all. It's just, it's got a bit tough pronunciation and the characters are kind of hard to learn. 
but we teach pronunciation and characters really well. So we've kind of made it easier than most languages, in my opinion, although I don't want to say that because I haven't really learned any other languages seriously. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I do feel kind of bad because like, we've, got, we've got this ad on Facebook with me speaking Chinese fluently and stuff. And everyone, like, not everyone, there's a lot of like, you know, trolls and stuff. But a lot of people are saying, wow, Chinese is so good. And, all that stuff. and then there's Chinese people that are commenting that are just saying, uh, my English is awesome. Why does no one ever <laughs> say this about my English? And it's the same with my, my wife as well. Like, when I go to visit my wife's family, I'm just getting constantly like, your Chinese is so good, so amazing. Oh. And then like, she goes to England, nothing. It's like, oh, you speak English? Well, yeah, you should. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> she doesn't get any appreciation. And I feel kind of bad because. I think uh, people are going to realize after, after we've been around for a while that Chinese isn't actually that hard and it's not that impressive <laughs> in the day. So uh, enjoy the glory while you can, Chinese learners, because it won't be like this forever, I guess. Um, but welcome, Tim. Awesome. Great to hear from you. Next comment here is from Dev Chen. New vocabulary unlocked for Zhou Mo, which means weekend. Uh, he says, Ari, ni Zhou Mo gan chu? I think of chu as to go, so would not have naturally translated as what you're going to do this weekend. Although I'm confident that it's correct. Uh, same translation using the online translation engines. Yes, we should have probably mentioned something in there, but we have so many sentences that we didn't, um, we haven't had, I guess, the, you know, the time to go through every single one and uh, check if there's like a, uh, something that might appear strange or new to someone, right? Yeah, so this is, I believe, purely a, a northern thing. Uh, right? It just, it's a sort of, a, it's, I think it's a fixed expression with gan. Um, it's just a way of speaking. So what are you up to? What are you doing? Where are you going? You know, what are you going to do? Yeah, so it's about that. It's just a, it's a northern sort of structure there. Uh, another one from Dev says, for it's a word for zhu. The question is about uh, this part of the sentence. It says, 住了三年了. Could you please explain the function of the two le's? Yes, um, the, when you have two le's in a row, it's just basically saying, I have done this thing, or this thing has happened, and it's still happening. So, it's, so for example, 住了三年了 means, I've lived here for three years, and I'm still here. But if you say, 住了三年, without the second le, that means you lived there at some point in the past, okay? Um, yeah, like uh, you can also say, oh, well, uh, right? And you add the two le's. That means I've studied Chinese for one year and I'm still studying, yeah? Um, it's a bit of a weird one, but it takes, it takes me getting used to, but uh, it doesn't take too long. Uh, Kathleen Gans on new vocabulary unlocked for Hanzi. This is actually word Hanzi, meaning Chinese character. Speaking of Hanzi, is there an alphabetical order in Chinese? Is it, it is easy to search electronically, but what happens if you need to look something up in a printed dictionary? Well, that's what radicals are for. Uh, that's why you probably, I mean, you might have heard this, Kathleen, or not, but uh, the word radical, that's what they are. They're um, components within characters that represent that character in a Chinese dictionary. It's how you look up those characters, which is actually a lot more random than you might think. It's just kind of knowledge. I guess, I guess that I, I never had to learn it because since I started learning Chinese from the very beginning, I had access to electronic dictionaries. I, I never used a paper dictionary. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but that I just never bothered. Um, and yeah, that's why the word radical is kind of a bit outdated now, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how a Chinese person would look up an individual character. So they might look at Han, Han Zi the Han, and they'd say, oh, the radical is San Lian Shui, it's the water. So I'd look, up, look that up, I think. I don't actually know. So I'm not going <laughs> to stop talking about it now, but that's, that's the gist. Um, Frank Havlick on You Did It. So You Did It is the end of the pronunciation mastery. It's just me and Phil sitting there saying, well done. He says, awesome course. I wish I took it two years ago when I started learning Chinese, but excited about what's ahead. Um, I think you're supposed to say that, yes. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Frank. Well done, mate. You made it to the end of that course. And that is just the tip of the iceberg, my friend. Uh, pronunciation mastery is just the preamble to the actual, the, the, the main event, if you like, you know, characters, words, grammar, all the fun stuff. 
but I'm glad you enjoyed that. Thanks. Um, Petri uh, Nakamura on Make a Movie for I. I like this one. He says, I have to rant a little bit about this. How is it possible that they simplified the character for love by taking the heart out of it? Yeah, and he, he shows that he shows that in that. That's literally the only change they made to this character. Um, they changed the heart to uh, like what is the gun prop that we, we, we use in, in the hands movement method. The lower part is different too, but the heart part is utterly incomprehensible. Is it different? Oh, I see. Yeah, they did. It is a slightly one. Yeah, it is. Uh, the original is also so beautiful and balanced, but the simplified one is just so bland. Yes, I agree. I didn't actually notice this before. I didn't think about it, but yeah, it is a real shame, isn't it? They, they did that. A lot of Chinese people um, do have a big problem with the simplification process that happened in the 1950s. Um, you know, because that was, you know, they, they went from traditional to simplified, you know, as, as an and it, the, the original plan was, we're going to do this so it's easier for people to learn how to read and write because there was such a low literacy rates in China at the time. That's a story I've heard anyway. Um, yeah, and, and some of the simplification process was very inconsistent um, and it's had a lot of criticism, very quiet criticism, as you can imagine. Um, and that's why a lot of people in Taiwan and Hong Kong are very proud of their traditional characters and, you know, Fair enough, rightly so. And I would love, this is another big project, of course, but um, we might do this when we go to develop the app. You know, we develop our own app, which is a bit down the line, but we want to develop a traditional character set. You know, so tradition, so you get to, you'd go into Mandarin Blueprint and you choose traditional or um, uh, simplified, you know. But that's a long way away. And it's a lot of work to go. Because I don't even know traditional characters yet, not 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 many of them. So I'd have to go. Phil and I would have to go and learn them first, just to make sure it's all done right. So yeah, it's a bit of a project, but uh, I agree. Uh, Deborah Driscoll, new vocabulary unlock for ji zhu. Hi guys, is there a difference between using ji zhu and xiang qi lai for remember? Yes, um, they both mean remember, but remember can mean two different things, right? Remember this means ji zhu, like. Don't forget this, remember it, fix it into your memory. So look at the jewel part, set it, remember and set it there so you don't forget it in future, remember this. But you can also say, oh, I remember. You're bringing it up out of your brain. Xiang qi lai, so qi lai means to bring up. So ji jewel is to put in, xiang qi lai is to pull it out at a later time. <laughs> that's pretty cool, isn't it? So yeah, oh, well, xiang qi lai, I remember now, and then that, that's that meaning, okay? Um, J on it's a word for Tao. Um, it's a, we have a sentence here. 你多发一点自己的自拍照片到手机上, right? He says, why 自己的 instead of 你的? Well, they're both the same, really. <laughs> 你的 means yours, and 自己的 means your own, right? So your, yours, right? <laughs> so still 自己的 self. Um, it does not really any functional difference. Uh, I'm sure that a, a Chinese grammarian could could tell you a specific difference, but for me, it seems the same. Well, I guess if you say you're saying your own as opposed to someone else's, like you're trying to emphasize that it's your own, not anyone else's. But um, I guess neither also has, serves the same function, you know? So yeah, not, not, not really a big difference, mate, if any. Um, so that's it for the general sort of miscellaneous uh, questions for this week. Um, yeah, so let's jump into movies. Um, no course updates as far as I'm aware. Usually I say that and then something pops into my head that we're doing. Uh, I guess I could tell you that the, um, I've got the, the new ebook is, is going to be ready really, really soon. Uh, probably within a couple of weeks. Uh, by the time you listen to this, maybe a week after this, I don't know. But I don't want to put a time limit on myself because there's always, every time I do that, something pops up. And, oh, I forgot to do this whole big thing that involves a lot of my time. And uh, yeah, that'll be out soon. Um, and I still need to create a campaign for it and stuff like that. I don't know how, how much we're going to sell it to uh, our own clients uh, 
or if we're going to sell it to you at all and not just give it to you. I'm not sure. <laughs> but it's going to be awesome. It's really long. And uh, I guess it's not, <laughs> doesn't mean it's awesome because it's long, but it is long and it's got a lot of cool stuff in there that I think you'll like. Um, yeah, so that, that's, that's really nice. And yeah, other than that, you know, we're just, we're just getting on with the same stuff. Uh, like I said, the coronavirus is uh, the nonsense is clearing up here. So it's getting, things getting a little bit easier. I should be allowed back into Phil's studio <laughs> next week. But um, other than that, no, nah, not much going on. Uh, just, you know, working on, uh, working on getting the course out to new people, getting some uh, new clients on the course, and uh, also improving the current content and planning the next expansion. That's basically all we're going to be doing for the next six months, <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah. So next, on to movies. We had a bunch of movies this week, as usual. So let's start with Deborah. Deborah says, for make a movie for ban. Ban is a rather abstract term, which means to do something, to take care of something, to, uh, yeah, get it, get something done. Uh, Baron, my son, is terrified of spiders. So he asked Popeye, which is the Lee prop, which means power, to go into my Ann bathroom, that's the A-N, is the, the final, to deal with the big spider in there. Popeye comes out with two spider legs, which is the two little sort of, kind of looks like sweat droplets um, on, the, on the side with the animal legs. Uh, one in each hand, how I remember the positioning. That's great, well done. Baron immediately bursts out into tears that the situation has been dealt with successfully. Now in this particular scene, I can't see any details of ban being happened other than it's like a, it's like a, uh, what do you, what do they call it? What's the film term? Like something text, like the context, the undertone of the scene, someone will know. Whereas basically it's understood naturally that that's what's happened. But with these uh, scenes, you want to try and make sure that there's at least some clear visual representation of the keyword. So this is really easy, by the way, to tweak. Um, you come out and Popeye is, 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 is done and he, he uses gestures to show that he's taken care of it, you know? So rather than just showing the thing, he could do that. He gives it to you or your son and he, your son takes the, the, um, the spider legs and starts crying or whatever. But Popeye, he, he does this, wipes his sweat off his brow and does this with his hands to show that he's done it. It's like the universal symbol of job done. Or maybe before he does it as well, he rolls up his sleeves and does that sort of Popeye thing. You know what I'm saying, mate? So he does the spinach and that. You get what I'm saying, right? There's a million ways you could do it. That's just one idea. But I love the uh, general concept. Don Thompson make a movie for Xiang, which means fragrant. Um, he says, Cheryl, I really like this story. Um, Cheryl Cole is outside the front of my old school, A-N-G, first tone. A golden sunbeam scatters through the morning mist. Wow. As a cheerful ukulele soundtrack slowly builds from afar. <laughs> Cheryl holds a giant Weetabix over the top of the smiling cartoon sun. Uh, giant Weetabix is the top component, which means uh, something to do with wheat, right? So it's a good prop for Weetabix. <coughs> Weetabix is a good prop for that, rather. And he holds it over the sun, gently toasting it. The smell of Weetabix wafts through the air like a pie in a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Cheryl quickly grabs a small bottle to capture the wafting smell. She holds it up to the camera. Weetabix, the new fragrance from Cheryl. That is hilarious, mate. That's really, really good. Um, yeah, the, the Dom actually, Dom has done a case study, which I did it a, a few days ago, which should be out now on our podcast, uh, podcast sort of list or whatever. Um, really good, he's smashing it. <laughs> uh, Deborah Driscoll, again on Make a Movie for Hui. Now I want to keep this one in because Hui is a very abstract term. And I think that, because it means will, like uh, I will do this. It also means to know how to do something. So you could also do that, which is just as common really in terms of usage. But 
Um, it's either way, it's abstract, right? And I always like to keep those in because they're the ones that people have the most trouble with, especially if they're beginners. So who, who is the character, H-U, is desperate for a we, just because it sounds like a bit like hui and H-U-I. And I was struggling to remember the pronunciation. Very creative. So she runs to the bathroom of my E-I set, but she is confronted by an evil Mario Cloud who says, Haha, how will you get to the toilet now? Who character pulls out her umbrella and says determinedly, ah, I see, I will show you before floating over the cloud and landing in the toilet. Yes, so you see, it's all about um, how she says it, how she delivers the lines, because will, if you just did that with no acting or anything like that, it would be really tough to figure out what, how does this mean will? But she's got that determined look on her face, maybe even a close up, and she says it in a very dramatic way, puffs out her chest, and then just does the thing that she wants to do. She's got a determination, and that is more than enough. Seems subtle, but in your mind, it's not. Um, Kika Bosonio, I'll make a movie for Huai, which means sort of evil or bad. You can also say Huai as in, you know, it's like a, you ruin something or something is rotted. Um, but let's see how she takes care of it. So H-U, of course, is Huai, right? Humpty Dumpty is smoking a cigarette in the backyard of the Palace of Versailles. A biker who is driving by on his cross dirt bike, like motocross, right? Those sort of dirt bikes, yeah. Sees him, that's, that's gonna represent the tool on the left-hand side, by the way, I'm sure. Um, it's a dirt bike, really good. He grabs a no smoking sign, which would be the bull part. So now we have the two props there and hits him over the head while yelling, no smoking here, you rotten egg. <laughs> Humpty falls down and breaks, spilling all his insides on the ground. Jeez, uh, a really bad sort of rotten egg sulfuric smell permeates the air. Wow, yeah, I mean, it's not pleasant at all, right? But man, is that effective because smell is so effective. The olfactory senses, it's a bit advanced and obviously it takes a bit more thinking maybe, a bit more effort, but wow, would that be more effective? You know, putting in a strong, bad smell. That's more than you need to, that's all you need to memorize the idea of huai, huai dan. Actually, huai dan, huai dan is a, like a rotten egg. It's like a sort of very, very soft, very gentle insult in Chinese. You, huai dan, no, it's just you, you, you little, you know. So Rick, I'll make a movie for Chen. Third tone, how are Chen and Goal different? I'd be interested in the history etymology too, as that often provides useful images that can help with memorization. You called Chen Pitbull, but I suspect that was not known in ancient China. No, it wasn't. They both mean dog, but Chen is, is, uh, is not, it, like Goal is the common modern usage of dog. Chen means dog too, but you don't say, oh, my Chen is hungry, right? You don't use it at all in a common sense, only in a written sense or as, as a component of um, words. So like, for example, police dog is Jing Chen, Jing Chen. So we have, um, I'm just looking at some more examples here. Uh, Lie Chen is a hunting dog, right? So it's, it's compound word, Lie Chen, hunt dog. So like that's what you put that together. You wouldn't say like you would say my dog right so and there's tons of examples like this it's also you use chen in, in, a, in a bunch of sayings and, and uh, idioms and things like that um uh but yeah that's there's there's lots of examples of this happening in chinese where the formal version of a common word it's used in speech, but a formal version of that is used in compound words to represent the same meaning. All right, so the next one here is from Michael Rochford on Make a Movie for Lian. Link like Lian, which means it's like a connect, I believe. Let's see. Linda is in my AN kitchen with the City Planning Commission. Their focus is on the design of a new road that would link the suburbs with the city. Hmm. As everybody keeps pointing to the different maps on the table, shouting over each other, Linda quietly points out to the road where her DeLorean is parked and says, where we're, <laughs> where we're going, who needs roads? Oh, that's great. 
interesting interesting i'm not seeing a visual representation of link though that's one weakness to this scene it's a really fun idea and you have all the props you've done everything right but i need to see a link visually so maybe you could take that road i imagine obviously it's a, it's a mini road isn't it like in your kitchen you could just link it from one side of the kitchen to the other maybe you can just get rid of the whole planning permission thing because i don't know if you'll be able to see that on site and know know what that is i mean unless you work in that area oh that's a planning permission guy but for me i wouldn't i just see it as an office worker or something i don't know but um just you and your or your your actor whoever is trying to get from one end of the kitchen to the other perhaps in the delorean and you can still have that awesome line at the end where it's like, where we're going, we don't need roads or whatever, but um, just for fun. But I need some sort of link and you're connecting one side to the other or something to, to something else uh, to make sure we have that lien nice and clear in like visually. Um, so that is a common, a very common issue uh, that, uh, that I notice uh, everyone does it seems like at some point I did it myself, but try and uh, try and incorporate that somehow. It must be a visual element of the keyword there representation visually somehow, even if it's just a raise of the eyebrow, you know, it's some sort of subtle gesture, but it, it has to be there. Uh, okay. So Al is next. He's got to move, make a movie for John. Al's a new uh, client of ours and he's doing rather well, actually. Um, so Jet Li, so this is for, by the way, this is for Zhong. Zhong is a uh, middle in Chinese, Zhong. Um, so he says Jet Li is standing outside the bowling alley in the parking lot, putting on a bit of a show for the locals when the chatterer Cenobite, don't know what that is, uh, approaches him stepping out of the doorway. Jet Li knows the Cenobite has come to take him to hell and wants nothing to do with the idea. So Jet takes his staff, which I guess is the stick there, and throws it at the chatterer's hideous mouth, hitting him square in the face with the bottom end of the staff sticking in the ground, forming an impassable bar the Cenobite cannot manage to get past. The Cenobite angrily stands there, his teeth chattering from directly behind the staff, his mouth and the staff together form the John character. Yeah, well done. Yes, I hope when you say at the end there, form the John character, you don't actually show the character there because that's going to be completely useless to you. Just in case, the way you wrote that, it sounded like you might have done that. Just in case, just mentioning that, yeah? Just the two objects is, is absolutely fine. That's a really good scene. Well done. Jeffrey, make a movie for full, which means to pay, says Lord Farquaad. This is a great for F-U. That's the F, the F-U sort of actor for the pronunciation is standing on the porcelain throne the toilet of the bathroom in my childhood home one by one the fairy tale creatures come up bow down and pay their taxes the inchworm that would be the right side component which is actually inch uh, comes up slowly and protests that he doesn't have enough so lord farquad's bodyguard chuck norris the left side male uh, sort of not male but a person component picks up the inchworm in a menacing way. Then the inchworm frantically starts paying Lord Farquaad what he owes him. Very simple, very straightforward. Got lots in there that, that ticks all the boxes. Well done. Um, Moira, make a movie for Shu, which means knowledge. Um, we talked about that earlier where it's a fifth tone, but it's actually a second tone when it's by itself. So the so she says, Seamus, my son, is in the kitchen of my childhood home, rather puzzled because there is a big old wooden lectern. I don't actually know what a lectern is. What's a lectern? I've heard it before. So I just looked up what a lectern is. It's that thing that you stand on, a podium, basically, was to make a speech. Yeah, which works very well. Isn't it? It is, isn't it? Oh, sorry. Is it, is it just like specifically for a church? Anyway, it's some sort of thing that you, you put a book on to read aloud. So yeah, I think it's, it's, it's in a book, it's in the church, sorry. Zhu, um, and then you've got zhu, which is only, which is a, a spider. So Seamus, my son in the kitchen, child, I'm rather puzzled because there's a big old wooden lectern where the washing machine should be. Being of a curious bent, he climbs up the steps to see what's in the book, but it's written in some mysterious language he can't read. He's frustrated, but a spider the size of his fist 
runs up to him and scuttles over the book. <laughs> your poor son, he's not having much luck with spiders in your, in your imagination. And scuttles over the book, reading aloud as it goes. That's amazing, says Seamus. How do you know so much? I am the spider of knowledge, says the spider, glowing golden with pride. I thought it was the salmon of knowledge, Seamus says. Can't a spider have knowledge? Of course you can, says Seamus, apologetically, which is why his patroness, I don't know what patroness is, is a giant glowing spider and he's a master at trivial pursuit. So I love that you added in a bunch more details in unnecessarily at the end there, just like loads of like, because obviously you're really into the story, which is awesome. Um, but that is, that's a really nice idea. You've got the idea, because obviously it's tough to imagine some of the, some of the stuff you're imagining but you've, you've made it, um, like you've made the golden glowing spider. So it's a visual idea of the, this knowledgeable sage of a spider. Um, you've got all the props there. Um, Seamus is, is um, sort of, there's a lot of dialogue, but you don't actually need that much dialogue for it to work. You put it in because it's fun <laughs> and that's fine. That's awesome. So that's a great story uh, scene rather. Okay, the next comment here we have from Neil. Uh, make a movie for R, which means uh, Ia, R, R, Ardo, Ardo, second time, right, sorry. <laughs> uh, so he had one calligraphy teacher, he said, I had one calligraphy teacher who said that stroke order is just to help you remember how to do a character. If you are good enough, a good enough calligrapher, you can paint well enough that even if you get the stroke order wrong, you can still make the character look correct or recognizable. I did not know that. Now, I do not want to disagree with a professional calligrapher, but I, I, I was always told, and I've sort of discovered this like through my, myself, through practice, that if you write out of order, you're going to write ugly, very ugly. And I think you have to be very talented to write a character that looks like it should, writing in the wrong order. I think this guy might have just been showing off how awesome he is, <laughs> or she. Um, but that's, yeah. And while there are some other people who say if you, that if you memorize the correct stroke order, you can flow more easily while painting a character or drawing a character, it's basically all habit. Hmm. Plus, sometimes when making stroke orders suit a set of rules, with some characters such as this one, the stroke order that doesn't necessarily fit the rules might actually be easier to learn at first or one that is just as good as the other. Interesting. Um, for now, I would say everyone listening just stick to the stroke order, but that, it, I, you know, I'm bit, I, I, would, I don't want to make a fool out of myself and try and disagree with a professional, you know, because I'm not, I'm terrible at calligraphy or I'd never, I can't do it full stop. But uh, I, in my experience, stroke order is vital to get it right, to, to make it look anything like the character. But um, he might just be like an absolute legend. He might just really, really be talented and it's not an issue for him. You know, like some people can write upside down and backwards and they have that sort of brain. I don't know. Anyway. Thanks for that, Neil. Um, Al on make a movie for D, uh, which means uh, a plan. Um, so he, sa he says, uh, Jeanette is chilling in my childhood home's backyard, sitting on a lawn chair with her left arm resting on one of the horizontal bars of a large metal plus sign. Okay, that's good enough for me. Um, yeah, she is speaking, uh, for the prop I mean, uh, she is speaking with someone on a cell phone and says, sounds good. I'll see you here on Friday. She hangs up on the phone and immediately sneezes. She tries to stifle the sneeze. It comes out like sounding loud, like it comes out sounding like a loud T. Hmm. Okay. So cell phone, is that the, is cell phone the eye? I, I guess so, right? So I, I call it an eye. Yen's apart, right? The little left side, left side component representing language. So you've got the props there. And she's making a plan on the phone, right? But it's all audio. <clears throat> but you could, I guess you could show that clear enough. You could show that clear that it, she's making a plan because that's how people speak. But um, with body language and tone and things like this. But still, I would like to see something more visual representing T. And you said you added that at the end, like to this randomly sneezing and saying T, but you don't need to worry about that because that's not going to help because you, you don't need it because you have T is um, uh, you have the pronunciation taken care of uh, for the most part. You have, you have uh, J.I. with the actress and you have the location, right? Childhood home. Um, so you don't really need that end bit in my opinion. 
And I would like to see, maybe she's writing down on a calendar or something like she's writing a plan or, or on, a, on a whiteboard. She's like, is it just to make it extra visual. But that's just me. I think I'm being a little bit picky there because I think you could, I think this could work, right? So well done, Al. Um, and we've got one more scene from Petrick. I think it's a scene. Yes, it is. Uh, for make a movie for guy, which means to change or alter. Uh, Grant, the gentle teacher, has come to my AI home to offer me work. We sit in the living room discussing the project. I think you meant to say project, and uh, it sounds very promising. So I'm excited to take up the offer. We sign the contract and suddenly, right after I've signed my name, his, well, this is kind of intense, but it's really good. His face suddenly splits open and something else starts coming out. It is the worst boss I ever had, the evil taskmaster. The taskmaster is the uh, right side component of this particular character. Peeling the disguise off Grant, uh, of Grant off himself like a snakeskin, laughing a diabolical laughter. So snakeskin is the left side component, I believe. So all the components are there. It's really intense as well. You can, in my mind is, maybe I've just watched too many horror movies. So I've made it worse in my mind than it actually is. Um, but that's a fantastic uh, scene. And that is a change for sure. Um, yeah, don't give yourselves nightmares, guys, but that's, uh, that's really effective. Well done, Petri. Well done, everyone. Uh, fantastic. I had lots more scenes to read, but I wanted to just stick to one each for now. I just chose my favorite one of everyone that, that, that had sent me a scene today, uh, this week, rather. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, I hope that's helpful. Uh, and as, well, as usual, if you have listened this far and you're not on the Mandarin Blueprint method, give it a try. You might as well, right? Um, it's a seven day free trial. Um, no uh, question asked, uh, 30 day money back guarantee on everything, whatever you choose. So just give it a shot. If you're not already on the course, um, people seem to really, really like it. <laughs> so, all right, guys, uh, I hope that was enjoyable for you. I hope you learned something today and I will see you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye.